What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tess, is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do, hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but it's still one of my favorite things to do, hang out with someone and reminisce about the good old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Lee Paul. Wow. What a, well, that is a hot open right there. What's up, Holy dude? Holy moly. You had like the Zeus thunderclap, like yeah. blah, like Herculean. I thought I was like, I, for, I th- is this a wrestling podcast? Not at all, but like, it could be. You got the guns, you're all high. Yeah. Try. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Fantastic. Good. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming this, this on. Is, uh, we're trying to do this for like four months, like doing the dance, you know, doing the dance. I mean, that's yeah, how it yeah, is. Yeah. I always, I run into people and I'm like, oh, you'd be great for the show. And yeah. then it's the next four to six months of like, ah, this doesn't work. Does yeah, that yeah, work? Does yeah. this doesn't? Plug everything before we get too far into anything. Plug everything up front. Let the listeners <laughs> we, know. Front, it's going to do the front sale right now. We're going to do it in the front hey. and the back. Oh, yeah. So get the old reach around. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, my name's Lee Paul. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Lee Paul Comic Rockstar. Uh, I'll actually be the first Lee Paul that comes up because that's how special I am. There you go. Um, and I have a um, I have a show next Wednesday. I do a monthly, the last Wednesday of every month at St. Mark's Comedy Club okay. uh, that I co-produce, a little residency there, called uh, Midweek Crisis Comedy. Um, and that's at 7 p.m. at St. Mark's, which is a 12 St. Mark's place. You can go uh, to stmarkscomedyclub.com, get tickets. Also, the link is in my bio for an Instagram. Yeah, I'll put it in the show um, notes, too. Since uh, we're on this podcast, I got to plug my weekly On the Wagon Sober Mike. Yes, Tuesday um, nights. Every Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Um, I've been doing it. I co-founded it with Naomi Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Naomi when I first moved here, and yeah, we. Were, I did it back at uh, when she was doing a, a tiny cupboard. Yeah, that's when we started a yeah. tiny cupboard, and I was like, "We're all good ideas are born." Facebook groups, and she was like, "Hey, uh, I'm like trying to get sober, and I want to go to a is there a sober mic." And it's crazy. You would think New York City. There's a ton of comics. Of, of yeah. marginalized like LGBTQ, BIPOC, like all these groups, dude. No sober mics. And it was interesting because mm-hmm. when I first moved, this is when I first moved to New York, like the first week I was here, I was looking up mics and I saw it. Right. 
because this was two a little over two years ago and i yeah. was like oh this will be perfect because i talk a lot about my alcoholism and stuff on stage and i was like oh this mic would be great for that and then i got there and then it was just a lot of comics doing their thing and i right. was like oh i thought this was going to be like right. everyone talking about like right. sobriety right. stuff right right but it's new york so yeah. comics will find any yeah any mic they can do they'll go to yeah so it was a lot of comics just doing their comedy and i was like Oh, this, I didn't realize the market had so many comics in it. There's been, yeah, there's been, uh, there was a little bit of uh, sober appropriation, <laughs> sober cultural appropriation going on, which basically means like, I just want stage time. Yeah. Going. No, but you know, so here's the deal with that. Um, it is, so we do it at a place called Hikate. It's on 167 Avenue B, which is in the East Village on mm -hmm. East 10th and B. It is a sober dive bar let me repeat that a sober dive bar which means there is no alcohol it's all mocktails yeah. the witchy shit the tarot cards got the whole thing going on uh and like caffeinated beverages and stuff but there's no but it, dude it looks just like a bar yeah that was and, actually becoming a thing in jacksonville before i moved yeah yeah there were a lot of these like kava bars and like mocktail bars and stuff popping up so we i found out about this place on instagram and i'm like oh, i gotta go this would be great for the mic. Yeah. You know, and like, so we're at the Bean, the coffee shop on East 3rd and 2nd. And God bless them and the owner, Ike. Great guy. Okay, 14 months, he gave us a home over there. That's awesome. But, but um, you know, coffee house culture ain't what it used to be. No. It used to be music, spoken word, poetry, bohemian, people free thinking, artists. Mm -hmm. Now it's like laptops up, headphones yeah. on, Zoom meetings. Uh, oh, NYU so you're students. saying that's what's happening yeah. in the, okay. Yeah, and the vibe was just not, yeah. And uh, that's, see, that yeah. is the problem. Cause I, I've done, I mean, I've uh, we've all done mics and coffee right. shops and shows and bars right. and all sorts of stuff. And there, you're absolutely right. When I first started in 2009, there was this culture of, if you were doing a show and or a mic at a coffee shop, people would come to, like regulars of the coffee shop would want to see the art. Like that's why they came to that specific place. And you're absolutely right. It's turned into this whole like, no, I'm here because I am an art. Like I'm writing my screenplay, like leave me alone. And it's like, oh, this is supposed to be like a community. And that's kind of been, that's kind of fallen out of favor. And first of all, we're in this whole, by virtue of COVID, remote work culture, yeah. work from home culture. Like, why the fuck are you at a coffee shop? You're having a Zoom conference call on somebody in public and then getting annoyed that you're being disrupted by yeah. your meeting. Like, are you fucking like, I, I swear these people must like... <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is what they do. It's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take some ketamine. I'm going to get in a K-hole and then I'm going to go into a coffee shop and have a Zoom meeting in the K-hole because and nothing this, else. Yeah, yeah. right. Not, nothing else is nothing here. Nothing else is here. And it, dude, it, it astounds me the level of entitlement. Yeah, it's with insane. With people that coffee, like coffee house used to be like cool people and now it's just the most entitled douchebags <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. And I don't know if it's because when people started coming in with laptops and that's what ruined it. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you even go to some coffee shops, they'll like, they'll some, I love the ones that say no laptops. Yeah. It's like, oh, like they actually have to interact with yeah. people. There's because, a cool yeah. one where um, when I first moved to New York, I moved to 52nd and 2nd, and there was a really cool coffee shop 
where they didn't have there were like tables in the front like two or three tables maybe in like a little bar area where you yeah. could sit but they had like a whole library set up in the back so the room wasn't gigantic but it was all couches yeah. and like love seats yeah. there were no tables so you didn't have anywhere to put your laptop it on. was just humans plop down yeah chill you could read a book you, you could talk with people you don't have to talk to people you can read a book but you're not going to go on a fucking device yeah and just get lost and just it. get lost because you can do that anywhere yeah 100 percent. you don't need to be in the coffee shop to do that it's interesting my uh building has the gym is at the top floor and then like mixed in with humble the, brag there he has a gym in his building folks mixed in on the top floor there's also an indoor pool up there mixed in with that bougie motherfucker <laughs> i how i got this place is asinine it's a lease from 2004 that's the only way i could afford okay. it it's rent stabilized so they just keep pulling people off and putting people on yeah i got so lucky to find this place but the interesting thing is there's also like a little workspace area right. up there right but it's like right it's like shares a wall like a glass wall with the gym. And I like to lift. So it's interesting because I'll go in there and lift and I will get dirty looks from people. Same thing on like a Zoom call. And I'm like, anywhere else in the building, your apartment, you can go anywhere. You can go to the other side of the little business area. You want to sit right against the glass where the gym starts. And then you want to give me a dirty look because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in the gym. I can't do this anywhere else in the building. I have to be in the gym to work out. And you're giving me a dirty look. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Maybe they're covering up what they're really doing, Brennan. That's true. The dirty looks are covered. They're just Maybe. they're just like fucking Matrix recording spank bank material <laughs> That's for later I on. was going to say. like, I'm just going to stare at this guy like I'm I have a off, feeling. But really, I'm fantasizing about coming on his face right now. <laughs> That's Story of my I'm life. Doing. I wanted the listeners to get to know you a oh, little okay. bit. Okay, okay. I'm sorry about that, listeners. <sighs> I apologize. <laughs> Tell them. I'm actually. I'm the guy. You, you can invite me over to your family's house for dinner, and there won't be any cum that will come out of my mouth at Trust all. Me. Okay, no it's, cum. It's all swallowed. Yeah, exactly. So how? Because you did music. You do music. Yes. You also do comedy. Yes. We were talking about this before the mics got hot. You are directing now. You're producing now. Yeah. Yeah. Director, yeah. producer, hey. you're doing everything. So I wanted to let the listeners, because it's your first time here, sure. I want the listeners to kind of get to know you. Because you've been sober now for how long? So uh, if I make it, October 17th will be 15 years. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. So how did you even, you got into music, I assume, before comedy? Yeah, well. Take us I, through it. Take I, us through I, it. How I, did I, it I, You know, I grew up in a, a musical house. Okay. Uh, my, Where was my, this at? My well, this was my my father is a Brooklyn boy. Okay, my mother was a uh, a, a Queens girl, um, and uh, I grew up on Long Island. Okay, and uh, so basically, and then we we you know until I was twelve, and then we moved down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But that's another story. We can talk about that when we talk about the war stories. Yeah. Um. But so my father um played accordion, he played uh, piano by ear. And he had like a natural sweet voice and he loved jazz, a huge jazz head, and he loved um, doo-wop. Okay. Like acapella music. Yeah. And he loved jazz. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. When you said I grew up in a musical household, yeah. accordion was not the first instrument I thought you were going to throw out. <laughs> well, listen, my father, 100% guinea, you know, so listen, that's this is what they do. That's what they play. That's, hey, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had, the, we had a little monkey too, so it was a great organ grinder. <laughs> Um, 
but in any event, uh, did your mom play too? No. Okay. No. My mother. She. Her. Well, my mother played was the victim card. That's. What she <laughs> yeah. She's. That was her instrument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, we can get into that later. I mean. I've yeah. Been, so I've, it's great because, by the way, I want to let you know. Uh, full disclosure, guys. Uh, I scheduled this specifically today because I had therapy earlier. Yeah. So I'm completely relaxed and totally open to okay. expressing. Right let's now. let's express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you get? How did you even get into music? Was it through your? Obviously, it's through your father. Yeah, my, did, well, you know what? He because my dad's very musical, but I never right. got into it like he, that. Well, he would sing, and we would sing, and we ended up we would harmonize. Yeah, together around the house, mm -hmm. we would sing together. Okay, and uh, it was just like a thing that we did. And I, I was like, you know, my dad. It was like so. I was. Dude, I hate to be cliche and say, I was so blessed. But for, I can't say much about the whole family, but I can say about for my pops specifically, he was like my first, just to quantify like the value here. He, he, he's the only human being in my life that checked these three boxes, okay? And, and, and there's only other one that I met, but we'll get into that later. And it was, love me, 100 unconditional, mm -hmm. supported me 100 unwavering, and this is the big one, all right, the end. And third, three spot, never ever judge me. Okay. Never. Yeah. And no other human being. So because, the reason why I say that, he was my first fan. Yeah. So I got into music and I got into comedy, I got into showbiz because of him. Yeah. Because I was singing with him, uh, and we would sing together, and then, I would be eight, like eight years old and I would do these impressions because I got a good uh, talent for mimicry. I yeah, could do voices too, yeah, and yeah. things. And so I, I used to, you ever seen The Exorcist? Yeah. Okay, very disturbing film. Great, one of my all time favorite horror films. But that being said, of course, addicts love horror movies. It's yeah. like, yeah, give me that adrenaline. Yeah, drugs. So Right now, instantly gratify me. Right, so. Um, uh, they, I, I, so I would, I watched this film. I should never watch this film. Eight years old. Eight years old. And, and I used to do this. This is the first impression that I remember from memory. I used to do to my father, and I'm gonna do it to you right now. Uh, when Linda Blair was possessed, and she had just killed Richard Burton, the English mm -hmm. guy director, and then she channels him through it, and she says, "Do you see what your cunting daughter did? Do you see what that little slut did?" And my dad would go, "Do it again." Yeah, Lee, do it again. And so here I am. Like, I'm saying this to you now, but think of me, an eight-year-old <laughs> kid I, with a chubby face saying what I just said to you. Yeah, this impression. yeah, yeah. And my father, he, lo he, cheerly, he loved it. Did so, you like, did you, were you a yeah. fan of doing the impression? Because yeah. I, I, I also um, have a unique ability to mimic. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, and I talk about this on stage, but when I was a kid, my dad would be like, do the voice, do the do yeah. the De Niro, or do the yeah. Pacino, or yeah. do the- Same shit. But I used to always be like, I don't wanna do it. Yeah. And then I'd do it, and then everyone would be like, that's great, and I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I always played like coy, like I didn't want to. But see, I that's the thing. And here's the weird part. I didn't do it for everybody. Mm -hmm. It was like a pride, I did it for my dad. Because you did it for your dad. It was like a thing yeah. we had. You know That's what I mean? Awesome, dude. Yeah. And it's weird because my girlfriend, who's extremely talented, she comes from a big showbiz family and uh, she's a brilliant writer, uh, director, uh, actor. She's, uh, I was just telling you, you know, I had my mm -hmm. 
producer and directorial, I got to co-direct some episodes of her web series, Rent Control. That's awesome. Uh, which you'd go on there, Rent Control Rent the control. show, Rent Control the show on Instagram, Rent Control the show on um, YouTube. YouTube. Uh, you can go to her website. We'll see, tag it in yeah. the notes. Yeah, yeah. So, but that being said, um, she says to me, and this is the weird thing. She says, she says, Lee. She says, why don't you ever do all? You're so good with voices. Why don't you do them on stage more? And I, 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 and I start. No, no, but no. Seriously, I started to think. And the reason why I was talking about it. This is so. This is how fucking powerful therapy is. Mm -hmm. I think first of all, every human being should go to therapy. But if you work in showbiz, you definitely should be in therapy. Yeah. For many reasons, okay? <laughs> a lot of reasons. Right, right, a lot of reasons. The fact you're in show business is right. a big red flag. Right, right, right. Seeking approval right. from strangers. Love me, love me, love me. Everybody love me. Look how wonderful I am. Look how I can play the trumpet. Look how I can sing. Look how I can act. Look at my tits. You know, anything, everything. <laughs> but the point is, she said to me, why don't you do voices? So I'm in therapy, right? This is recently, and I'm talking about it. And I was talking about... She says she's kind of from, uh, uh, she's from uh, uh, Georgia and Eastern, like a former, it's, it's former Soviet bloc country. She says, why do you, what was the first time you, uh, you, you, you remember a connection with your father for comedy? And so I, you know, and I told her about the voices and the imitations. And I said, yeah, it was something we did. And I said, my girlfriend was saying to me, um, why don't I do it on stage? Mm -hmm. And she says, maybe it's because this was a very loving private thing that you do for your father and you want to, don't want to share. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, and it was, and it made sense because it was just my father or my real, my ex-wife I did it and my inner circle, like mm -hmm. just close people. I would never do them on stage. Yeah. And it's almost like now I have to say to myself, I think of myself permission and I'd say to myself, my father would say, it's okay, you can do this. You yeah. can share this. You can share this now on stage. And people and, love it. And I held on to it, you know, for, a, dude, most of my life. Yeah. And I would just do it for my family or immediate close, like in the fucking teepee, you know, yeah. the family, the friends, the people who really I gave a shit circle, about. Yeah. That's it. That's all who got it. That's all who got it. And I would be free with it all mm -hmm. the time and people would fucking go nuts, you know, because I'd be going in and out. And yeah, and fuck yeah. Shit. But um, so now it's like I have to give myself permission mm -hmm. that it's okay that I can give this gift, do this for everybody. Yeah. And it's okay. When did you first get on stage? Was it for music or for comedy? Theater. It was theater? Yeah. So you I, was, were I was in children's theater when okay. I was young. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I remember being at Jew camp. I know that just sounds like that's a terrible kind of isn't it right? Why we say it. my my yeah. my girlfriend Tracy? I remember being at Auschwitz. Well, she's, and, uh, she's Jewish and she did they did the summer camp right. thing and she's same thing. She was yeah, yeah. Well, we went away to a Jewish summer camp or Jew summer camp. I'd yeah. be like, that's aggressive. That, the way you, when you drop that hard J E W, yeah, that's hard, aggressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I say it, it's fine. But if I'm going to say, would you go to one of them Jew camps? Yeah, that's it's like, not, whoa, buddy. Yeah, that's Take the anti-Semitism okay. down a notch here, huh? Um, summer camp. Summer camp. But I was nine years old, and I played, I don't know if you know musicals, Guys and Dolls. No, I'm not familiar. But I played Nathan Detroit, and that's who Frank Sinatra played. Oh. So I'm nine years old. Lucky that. And I'm fucking Oh, like, fucking blue eyes. And I'm, ha I'm killing it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm killing it at Jew camp doing <laughs> Nathan Detroit. Everybody's wow, and um, 
You know, I, I, I went through school and I went and I was in high school and I was in drama. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those schmucks who would get, you know, superlatives, most wittiest. You know, okay, yeah. They had the, the superlatives. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know what it was. It was a combination of my my theater, my drama teacher, because I was the class clown and I was fucking constantly disruptive, you know, because, you know, by the time I was 17, they said, oh, maybe we should put him on Ritalin and Paxil. I'm like, now? Now? Senior? It's over. Really? Oh, so why? So I can fucking crush it up and snort it? Great. Thanks. Real helpful. Thank you. Um, <laughs> which is exactly what happened. Yeah. And, and, and I became very popular in college. I would sell it. But... um uh, not the Paxil, but the Ritalin. The, I was going to yeah. say, the Paxil's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ritalin, yeah, though. Yeah. But, but Put it in a warm paper towel, shove it up your butt. Oh, yeah, a little Ritalin suppository. Yeah. I never did that, but hey, you Boy, know what? You avoid the liver. I have gotten into, uh, you know, uh, not pegging, but a little a, a little ass play in yeah. my life. And I will consider taking all my prescribed medications suppositorily. There you go. On, so thank you. Of course. That. Um <laughs> Yeah, my best favorite thing about getting a colonoscopy, I've had a few because the Jew genetics. My father's actually a uh, full-blood Italian, um, so at least I'm not completely ruined yeah. by the Jew genetics, but also I'm not like 100% successful either. Uh, so <laughs> I can't co-sign any of what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, I'm from the South. I look the way I look, and my yeah. girlfriend's Jewish. So yeah. I cannot yeah. at, at any point. You can't. Can I not? I can't you go. Can't. You yeah, can't. but I can't be like, yeah, totally. Like it's mm-hmm. the conversation because she listens. The right. conversation I'd have to have. What's with your? Her. What, may I ask? What's your girlfriend's name? Tracy. Tracy. It's okay. <laughs> he's 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 Jewish by reverse association, right? Ass- ass- right now. Sober brotherdom, yeah, and uh, and you sleep with him. So there you go. <laughs> Sober brotherdom, you sleep with him. Boom. I'm basically this, Jewish. There's spiritual uh, exchange and fluid exchange on both ends. So everybody, we're all good. <laughs> um, it's it's all good. So you're at camp. You do the the play. Yeah. And yeah. then are you hooked on, like, I want to be on yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. All the time. Yeah. And I was one of those kids that I, I didn't really give a shit about other kids. I liked, I wanted the adults. Yeah. I was precocious. Gotta like, fucking get them. I was this kid. I'd go up. I'd go to Chi-Chi's. It was this Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. then. And I'd go up. This side, first of all, I knew that I was going to be an alcoholic in training and a fucking ham. You know, for attention, because I'd go up like eight years old, hard, can barely get on the top of the stool, and I go to the service bar, like you know, where the bar where you wait when you're in a restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, a restaurant. And I say I gotta go to the bathroom. I go to, and I say, yeah, I'll take a Shirley Temple on the rocks. You know, what I'm saying you would do this yeah. at eight years old. At eight years old, I'd be like, I gotta get a Shirley. Just like it was like nothing. Like yeah, I'm getting my it's my cocktail. You know, so doing, doing my thing. <laughs> And the bar, they'd be looking at like, who the fuck is this kid? Oh, it's you charming know? as shit. Yeah, though. I like, work in restaurants. Oh, oh, they, if a little eight year old came up yeah. and did that, I'd be like, get this kid whatever he wants. They lo- oh, they love it. Yeah, and, uh, and I always vied for all the grownups. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to really. I mean, I the kids were easy. I was just like, I wanted to be on that level, mm-hmm. and I just knew that that's where it was at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I completely att- agree, attention wise. But uh, yeah. And then fast forward, I'm in yeah. high school, I'm doing all the musicals and stuff. And then my, it's, you know, you know, and it's funny, you see the politics of show business early in life. Oh, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand it completely. High school drama. Fucking high school yeah. music. And everybody gets the the part, you know, the, the, the nepotism, the who's the, yeah. and you know, I'm the fucking wise ass. I'm the clown. 
And 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 the drama teacher, like I drive him crazy because mm-hmm. I'm always fucking disrupting class. And then he has little favorites. And um, you know, I just kind of got a disconnect because you know I was just like this redheaded you know stepchild. I yeah, was the, you know, I was the you know the whipping boy. And so I, I at that point uh, I decided I said you know what I, I may, I'm going to try stand up. All the stuff I was getting cast at was all comic yeah. stuff. How did you know yeah. about stand-up? Because it is a niche thing. So my father, again, exposed me. Uh, so I was a kid, just to give you a reference point, like before, you know, like kids, they are all raised on uh, the internet or mm-hmm. all raised on social media or raised on, uh, you know, uh, Disney. I was raised on HBO. Okay. Like that was, yeah. in my house, White Trash is like, hey, it's Friday night, it's the eight, the HBO featured presentation. Yeah. And it come on, it was like, Phew. and we would all sit around a TV and we'd fucking watch the HBO. And Robin then, Williams, George Carlin, Richard Pryor. And, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, a comic relief. Yeah. And, but the biggest thing was Live at Dangerfields. Okay. And so I was like, you know, eight, seven years old. Oh, yeah. And I'm watching, and I'm watching fucking Dice and Roseanne Barr and... and, and I uh, forgot that's how Dice yeah, got his stuff. Yeah, yeah, And Bob Nelson and like all these 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 people. So you there. were around it. You saw it. And yeah, my father and, uh, and he... Because again, because of that bond we had, my father's treating me like his little buddy. Yeah. So what are you gonna like do with your adult. little buddy? You're like, hey, watch, let's yeah. fucking watch this. Let's take that. Hickory dickory dock. And, and that was the other thing. I was I saw my Boy Scout camp, and I'm going around doing the dice impressions, yeah. the nursery rhymes to all the uh, counselors. Oh, they're dying. Oh, they're going nuts. Yeah, I was a hit. They loved it. Everybody loved it. So I you mean, decided in was so when was the first time you got on stage for stand up? Was that in high school? No. Okay. Uh, I was 22. Okay. So you yeah. had waited, you had thought about it, but then you waited yeah, a while. Yeah, because, well, I moved down. I lived in South Carolina for a while. Yeah. And uh, I lived there from 12 to 22. My, my parents got uh, hoodwinked into moving into one of these planned communities. Yeah. See, my mother's like this classic, like, she loves free shit. Like, Bob, if we go to this, if we go to this seminar, they're going to get, we're going to, there's a, all the free food and a nice thing. And like, let's just go. And like, all right. We'll make a day of it. Yeah. So my father like, it's at the Marriott Uniondale. It's going to be great. And so my father's like, my father was always be like, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. He just goes along with anything, mm-hmm. you know? And they get there and then they say, you know what we're gonna do? It's the classic sales move. We usually don't do this, but for y'all, right now, whoever's here tonight, sign up. We're gonna get you a free vacation, free time down in Myrtle Beach for one week, and come down and check out. All you gotta do is just check out this beautiful community right here. That's all you gotta do. And so my mother goes, Bob, did you hear that? We're gonna get a free vacation. It's all expenses paid. This is wonderful. So they go down, what they end up doing? Fucking buying a place. They saw, yeah. Oh, let's go. They moved down. So it wasn't a timeshare. It was like an actual, no, like. They moved down. Okay. My father at the time was, it was the late 1980s. My father at the time was a, uh, worked, had his own business. He was a snack food, he had his own snack food business in Manhattan, and Brooklyn, Manhattan, and New York City. Okay. And at that point, it was, you know, he had gone through the crack epidemic, all that. He was robbed, you know, robbed at gunpoint twice. Yeah, yeah. All this crazy shit happened. You know, wanted prop, to get out, and yeah. and my mom just said let's, and my father's like okay, you know, my father just went going, along with it, yeah, yeah, but so so you know they had a little money, they sold a house, but then, uh, and my father sold his business, but they moved down there, and this is and this is why I never did this, even when I was fucked up, 
in my whole life, the one thing, the only smart thing I always did, I never moved anywhere in my life without having a job. First. Yeah. I always had a job. Yeah. No matter how low functioning I was, like as I, I always made sure I had a, jo- a gig wherever I went. Mm-hmm. And they moved down there, no jobs, no job opportunity, you know, nothing guaranteed, nothing. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, my mother is fucked. And then, you know, my mother, you know, it's it, this is a genetic thing, this addiction thing. Oh, yeah. yeah I believe that, you know, yeah. anybody can believe what they want, but that's what I believe. And so my mother. Yeah. If I look at my family trees. Yeah. 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 I love yeah. it when people are like, well, there's no actual scientific backing. And I go, well, I know 10 people with the same last name that would beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. The empirical data is yeah. there. We we have an archive of it. I see it all yeah. the time. There's a whole fucking archive. I've grown up with it. I've seen it. I've heard stories know. about, you know, great grandparents and great great grandparents and stuff. And it's like, I think there is something to the genetic you know the component yeah right? the genetic component mm-hmm. of it being uh inside of us so so at the point you know my mother would go uh in south carolina they had these like uh these this is so like we're so white trash at this point you know like, she'd go to these like we lived in a nice community but yeah. we had like no money you know what i mean like so that's what they, i was gonna ask they, they, they find they, jobs they, like what happened no, no. Oh, they, never, shit. they never had jobs and my, and my father's like old school you know time hey you know he'll do whatever like you know yeah he's not afraid of work he's gonna go out and make money yeah you know that and that's what he did and it's one good thing my father always told me like look oh you know learn how to be an earner yeah you know, real figure like, it out yeah i mean it sounds like mob shit but it's just like so i mean it's like, true hey, though yeah go out and learn how to take care of yourself make money mm-hmm. don't be afraid to make money yeah and so uh he ingratiated that me at a young age uh and my mother ingratiated uh uh that uh, complaining about not having enough money you know? <laughs> well, how come they all have this and we don't have that, that? yeah but it's your fucking move down somewhere <laughs> with no, no plan job. no nuts. job and just thought everything was gonna work out god I mean, that's crazy because my mother was the gambler that's the thing my mother that's the thing she she was a big drinker but she's loved the gamble yeah she was like every like lotto my mother go to otb off yeah, track yeah, yeah. betting the fucking ponies everything and my mother always say this to me like lee i have a system i have a system everyone that's has a what system. every compulsive gambler everyone has who's a system. fucking like delusional always says i have a system yeah now to her credit she would win sometimes of course you're gonna win yeah it's statistically like, speaking you have to accidentally win it's like drugs and alcohol sometimes you're actually gonna like have a have, great night yeah. have sex with somebody who's like way hotter than you yeah and, it happens yeah and sometimes you're gonna black out and have sex with like somebody like you don't even know if they're human yeah. or not you know what i mean yeah i know uh, exactly what right you mean. so uh, and so my mother was, you know, she was literally, she was a full-time gambler Damn. for a little while because when she wasn't working, she just would, she'd go out all night to these like gambling parlors, mm-hmm. play these little slot machines and play like, slots. And I have there. a list and was, and it was, it wasn't even, this is how white trash, it wasn't even, it was the video gambling, the, oh, video, the so machines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but people go, and then. Like my friends, older brothers would be like, hey, and this is down in San Carolina. Hey, man, we saw your, your your mom last night at the Wild Cherry. You know, she hit a jackpot. And I'm like, <laughs> I just felt like such a piece of shit. It was just like, oh, God. So you were down there until you were 22? What what uh, happened where you left? Like what ended up making you leave? I, I wanted to do, I, I came back to New York to do stand-up. Okay. Yeah. So do, you said, mm-hmm. you were talking earlier about the drugs and stuff in college. Yeah. yeah. Where did you go to college? So I went to, I went to three semesters of uh, a community college yeah. down there. 
Okay. And I, I didn't even finish. I got three semester matriculate credits. Yeah. Orange Georgetown Technical College. There you go. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I lived off campus, but it, 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 there was no on-campus housing, so they subcontracted out, contacted, con- subcontracted out, subcon- see, this is when you try to say big words, yeah. and your mama didn't teach you right. They subcontracted out the student housing for the Ori Georgetown Tech student, Coast Carolina students, to NIA, which is the North American Institute of Aviation. Okay. So I stayed off campus on the campus of a flight school. Oh, shit. That's right. That's weird. And, uh, yeah, we I stayed there, and it was like the best thing ever for partying. Yeah, oh, yeah. Drugs and alcohol, because... It was everybody who, it seemed like everybody who was down there was just degenerate. So you said it was Coastal Carolina, the tech school you went right. to, and the aviation school Correct. were all living in the same Correct. area. Correct. Damn. Correct. So I wanted to, let's get into it, because I wanted to ask yeah. you, before we yeah. get to college and the yeah, parties yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. when did you start drinking? First time, you know, my father, like, they they had, you know, he had beer in the house. Yeah. And my, my father was like, had no... Take. My father could be a nice snazzy dresser, but he would be a, he could be a fucking like total uh, slumming uh, drinker. Okay. Like it, it literally, they could be like Milwaukee's best in the <laughs> yeah, house, like cares? the beast. And he's like, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? My mother had the whole you know the liquor cabinet with the bar and everything. Oh yeah. yeah, you know she she had a gin and vodka and then she had Kahlua and make the White Russians. Like, oh yeah, dude. I remember like I would take Kahlua. They would let me and put it on top of my ice cream. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I was like, ooh, this is good. So you started at a young age. Yeah, but I wasn't like, it was kind of subconscious. Yeah. You know? But the first time that I actually dr- got drunk, I was 14. Okay. That I really got drunk. Yeah. Was and that on your own? Were you with friends? No, I was with my buddy, okay. and we uh, were in my parents' house, and they had the liquor cabinet. I'll never forget this. Um, and uh, when you're a kid, you, you want things that taste good. I was... And plus, I was a fat kid, so my taste buds were like, sugar, sugar, yeah. sugar, give it to us. So there was always, I don't know if your parents had a liquor cabinet yeah, oh growing yeah. up. So any house has a liquor cabinet, you always know there's always a few tiers. There's the cheap stuff that's for mixing mm-hmm. that everybody, anybody gets, you know. There's the good stuff, okay. And then there's the stuff that somebody gave them. The cores and stuff, yeah. On a vacation. Yeah. And it's like weird cordials yeah, and yeah. fucking, you know, liqueurs. Yeah. And it just sits in the Oh, back. yeah. It gets all dusty in the it back. Did. So what did I choose? The fucking back dusty shelf. The one that was never opened. Yeah. Touch. And it was this um, blackberry schnapps or Let's brandy. Go. From Germany. And I tasted it and it was like sweet. And it was like, ooh, like a Jolly Rancher. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, it's delicious. Can I be honest with you? The yeah. first time I ever yeah. got like drunk drunk, yeah. I was older, but it was 99 bananas. Yeah. Same thing. A super sweet schnapps mm-hmm. that's like way too strong and yeah. way too sugary. But I was the same way. I was a chubby kid growing up. Yeah. I, I always got made fun of. I love sweets. Still mm-hmm. to this day, I have a huge sweet tooth. And that was the thing was I did a shot of it and I was like, this tastes like candy. Like the little banana runs is what it tasted the, like. The fucking, the flashing light goes off like bing, 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 yeah. bing. Like you hit the jackpot because <laughs> not only does it taste like candy, but it fucking fills you up with this warm relief. Oh yeah, my never anxiety went away, my depression went life. away. And I was like, this is awesome. And, and to cover it up, dude, this is, and this is, this is how I learned how to be fucking slick, to mm-hmm. be crafty, to be a fucking, you know, a real addict. Yeah. Dun, dun, Pink Panther shit. Yeah. Um, I went in the free. We finished all of it. And I said, "Fuck!" I said, 
oh, what am I going to do? I said, oh, wait a minute. And I see this Smucker Strawberry Preserves mm -hmm. and was pretty much very similar color of what the jam, of what the brandy was. Yeah. So I put it in there and then I mixed it in there with some seltzer and I fucking shook it up <laughs> and dude, it looked the exact, and I fucking was able to like rig up a seal on it. Yeah. And I put it up back and I swear to God and it went right back there and since it was the gift that nobody wanted that collected dust, it just sat there for years and probably did actually ferment and end up becoming fucking Oh wow, alcohol. that's nuts. You know. So it worked. The, and the it worked. Jelly and, worked. And no one was the no one was the wiser. And I was like, "Wow." So I I got fucking buzzed and I handled my business and nobody knew shit. Yeah. And I didn't get in trouble. That's Let's go. I say that all the Let's time go. to people. Let's it's, go. Yeah. Let's it's go. The the hardest when I relapsed after going to rehab, the worst, po and I say it in the one-man show, the worst possible thing that could have happened did. Nothing went wrong. Mm. I didn't blow up. I didn't do a shot and blow up into a million yeah. pieces. I didn't get a phone call from my sponsor right away. Mm -hmm. I didn't get fired. I yeah. didn't even like lose. I didn't even get in trouble at work because yeah. I just went to work yeah. like two days later. And I was like, that's probably the worst thing because I knew how bad drinking was for me at mm -hmm. that point. And the only reason I, I, and I did it again, I chose to do it again, but had something terrible happen, I would have done the thing that a lot of us do, and I have done since, where it's like, you knew this was bad for you, and you did it anyway, and you got burned. You fucking deserve this. That's what would have happened. But because nothing bad happened, I was like, actually, I think I can keep, I think I can keep it under control this time. It's part of the fucking appeal. Yeah. I was that, like, that, that was fun. That, that's the other part of the buzz. Yeah. Besides getting a craving and dealing and self-medicating, the fucking thrill of like, I got away with it. Yeah. Dude, I used to do the same thing. I, I don't know if you did it. I used to fucking shoplift. You know? Oh, yeah. Dude, I had a system for stealing. You <laughs> Oh, you're gonna love this. You are. I'm only making fun of you because you were talking about your mom had a system, had a system. for gambling. Yeah, we all had see all the degenerates. Said, I had a system. Um, I had a system. Uh, so I was I collected baseball cards. I don't know if you collected baseball. No, cards. No, I didn't. Yeah. So I collected baseball cards, and um, what we would do was, we I would go into like a Seven Eleven or the convenience store, right, mm -hmm. and I would buy the biggest fucking slurpy cup you could like 44 ounce 50 ounce you know the diabetic the, yeah version, the big right? ones yeah right and i would pay for it and i'd go in there right and i would fucking like pack as many wax packs of baseball cards oh, inside wow. it and then i'd put like a stack of napkins on top and a little slurpy and i'd go pay for the slurpy wow and i would get like 30 dollars worth of fucking baseball cards and just for pay, like for like four bucks like with wow yeah that's slick dude. i i know that's yeah, slick. and dude, I'm doing this at like, you know, fucking 13 years old, 12 <laughs> years old, like you know, like fucking yeah. The idiots in South Carolina don't know what's going oh, on. I didn't know shit. <laughs> they just said mortis. They were like, damn, that's this, a lot of slurpees. Damn, this boy and real like some slurpees, huh? That's nice. That's nice. So what would you do? Would you sell the car? Like, what you end up doing with the car? Probably trade them. I, yeah, you know, I'd sell. You know, this it was it was just a thing, but it, it, it wasn't even about the car. I mean, yeah, I love baseball. It was just the fucking like that yo, rush. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look what I did. Like, yeah. damn, I'm like, I am the motherfucker. You God. know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I know exactly. I am the motherfucker. And um, first time I smoked weed was also when I was 14. Okay. Same year I got drunk. And um, how did that happen? So there's this Because it definitely wasn't as prevalent when we were younger as it is now. It, nah, no. Well, now it's fucking like. Yeah. I say this all the time. Like, now, 
drugs are used to treat things, yeah. to alleviate things, symptoms. Like people are microdosing yeah, it's a on big mushrooms, thing with mushrooms yeah. for depression. Dude, I used to sell mushrooms. <laughs> and they, they're, they, and it's on my microdosing to fight depression. I used to macrodose to fight reality. <laughs> Like, I don't want to treat nothing. I want to escape. Yeah, get me out of here. Bye-bye. Take me to fucking Willy Wonka land. Let's go. I don't yeah. want to deal with... And, and, I, and I really marvel at that because it's funny. They just repurposed all of these fucking drugs It's banana. Now. When people talk about, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go to ketamine therapy, oh. I'm like, oh, you don't want to do that. And they go, no, no, no. It's like with a doctor and they yeah. monitor. And I go, you don't want to take... I've taken ketamine. You don't want to take ketamine. Dude, the, this girl told me... Uh, who's a, a, my girlfriend, her a friend who's an actress, before, he, but she, before she came on set, or, or, or maybe it was the day before, it's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so is going to get a, coming in the city to get a ketamine infusion, you know? And it's like- And it's monitored, and it's like you said, they just repurpose it, and they're like, they, actually, this could work. And, 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 and that's when I, uh, I was thinking, like, if they're, if they're repurposing, if they're doing this, if they're using- uh, microdosing mushrooms to fight depression and using ketamine to fight depression anxiety i said why don't they repurpose cocaine yeah to fight drunk driving well you know and to that point because that is the fucking thing the worst part of my alcoholism of the actual alcohol as a symptom yeah was the blackout component yeah 100 percent. if i did not black out most I would say 99% of the time nothing bad happened mm-hmm. it's when I was a blackout drunk yeah and it, it was funny because I didn't discover cocaine until later <laughs> and you're like where was I'm this? like yo I've had doctors tell me speaking of the repurposing yeah. I've, I've had doctors tell me like this is when I was younger so I'm 35 so this is probably when I was like 22 so like 15 years ago almost mm-hmm. I had doctor a doctor prescribe me Adderall and I asked right. him I go what is it and I talked about this on one of the other episodes yeah. but he was like oh it's it's molecularly it's the same thing as speed mm-hmm. we just re- basically repurposed it to, mm-hmm. to help people focus but it's that same thing where it's like so why aren't you giving this to people like why is it like speed is such a terrible drug but right. then you're just repurposing it and rebranding it and now selling it but it's the same thing where it's like, I remember waking up in the back of cop cars, in cells, in hospitals, being like, what the fuck happened? Coming out of it. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Like you're coming yeah. out of a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So when did you start drinking to the point of like blacking out and stuff? How, because you started at 14. So when was that, when, when did you think like, ah, shit, man, like maybe I'm not. I'll answer that. I wanted to back up real quick because you asked me about the weed thing yeah. before. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to segue into this. So, because 14 was the year that yeah. it all took off because that's when I first got drunk with one friend and when I first got high with another. Like a fucking rocket ship. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, uh, and it was like, that was the peanut butter and jelly mm-hmm. of my addiction. Like, ooh, like booze, weed. Yeah. It's like, man, all these symptoms are fucking disappearing. Yeah. You know, I, because uh, I always had anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of those kids, like, I don't know how you were, but when I grew up, getting out of bed in the morning, I was the worst. I was just crippled. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got to do this. I got. My mom was like, hey, 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 and I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. And then I'd wake up and I'd be exhausted because I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'd have to face the day. And I was just, everybody was like, I was running late for school all the time. And uh, they yeah. was like, Lee, you got to, you, you missed the bus. If you missed the bus, 
I'm not taking you to school. You're going to walk. And I, I had like so all this anxious. trauma. Yeah. And it was like, <sighs> and I had stomach pains and I'd be laying on hot water bottles like, oh, like yeah. I thought I was had fucking my appendix was going to burst because I was just riddled with this total dread mm -hmm. of getting out there. Of being alive. Of getting out in the world. But once I got out there, I was like, yeah. I was like the Tasmanian devil. But it was to get to that point was fucking crippling. It was yeah. terrible. So that, I completely relate to that. I so that is why that. when the weed and the alcohol came in, it's like the anxiety just gone. Gone. It was gone. I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. It's like, it's like being on a, uh, it's like going on a, 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 a sailing and you always would throw up because you'd get seasick and then somebody just gave you some drama and one day you're like oh shit i don't have to get seasick i don't anymore. seasick i can enjoy well square i can enjoy this yeah let's go fuck it let's go right water rafting let's go sailing let's go cruising. i say it all the time yeah. when i when i did when i first started when i took those yeah. that shot of the 99 bananas yeah. my very first instinct once everything kind of settled i was like what is this like how was the how has this not yeah. been in my life yet because mm -hmm. I was like relieved because I used to my anxiety was so bad that I, I mean, I've got the scars all over my body, but I would hurt myself because to focus on something other than my like what my brain was yeah. telling me. Yeah. And so when I found alcohol, I was the same thing that like you're saying. I didn't find weed. I was never a weed guy. Mm -hmm. um, I tried it a couple times in college, but like I was a full on. I loved booze and yeah. I still do. I mean, yeah. obviously, that's why I don't drink them anymore. But it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is fucking rad. Like, I don't have to worry about anything ever. This is awesome. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and then it was not awesome. And you see how romantic we're when we're talking about you. Yeah. Like, I love booze. Let's be honest. Like, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't want to speak yeah. for you, but like, I still fucking love it. No, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, and that's how it comes out. But I just, I can't do it. No. But but the weed thing, real quick, because I know we got a lot of stuff you want to cover. So it was this goth rocker guy that lived next door to me. Yeah. Like, it looked like in pale, South Carolina, baby. Pale. Dark, jet black hair, rail skin, looked like a fucking vampire. Yeah. Was in, was in the ministry and all this of shit. Of course. He had me listening to his stuff, and he was like aloof, too cool for school, and I was like, oh, I want I want this guy to be my friend, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. Because that's one thing, too, because I was such a, uh, I really needed love from everybody, and my first, one of my first drugs, too, was people. I love collecting mm -hmm. people, being around different types of people, and if I, the more people that could accept me from all the different groups, like, just fucking blew me up. Oh, yeah. Made me high as shit. Yeah. So, I was like, this is my next conquest. I gotta be this guy's friend. So, so, we're list so, so we smoke this, we smoke weed. He's a, he's a, he's a, you wanna get high? I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, 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 cool. Of course I wanna get high. Yeah, yeah. So, we're listening to this song. It's like a ministry song. I don't know if anybody knows ministry, you know ministry. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then um, it's like 20 minutes goes by. And I'm like, oh, this song's pretty cool too. It's like, what's the name of this one? He's like, dude, it's the same song. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess this is like perfect music for drugs because their songs are like, like 12, 15 minutes yeah. long. Like, like hella long songs. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And so, I remember the first time so, I heard ministry, I, was, I had the same reaction. I, I was just like in a car with somebody and they're like, I love this band. And he put it on. And after about like 12, no, nah, it was like seven minutes. I was like, I looked down at the radio. I'm like, are we still on the same fucking song? Yeah. Yeah, because you're not used to that. You used yeah. to regular song. Hey, five minutes tops. tops. You know what I mean? Unless you're listening to Freebird, it's right. five minutes. Right. So so I, I'm getting high and I'm smoking up. And after like the third toke, my heart just starts palpitating. And 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 my my whole spirit life force 
feels like it's in my head and it just feels like it's sliding slowly down and it's going right into my feet and I'm just going into a black hole. Oh my Almost God. Almost like, and then my heart's beating fast as shit. And I describe what's going on and I'm sweating. And he looks at me and says, oh yeah, man, um, this is rigor mortis. They, uh, they're soaking in bombing fluid. Oh my God, they okay. gave you PCP. So the first time I ever got high, off weed, I smoke wet weed. I smoked, yeah, I smoke PCP. Oh my God! Yeah. Now, just to give a point of reference to that, this is how, you wanna talk about how you cut yourself just not to feel? Yeah. yeah. That's how, and as terrifying as that experience was, and foreign as alien, it was still better than just being me. Yeah. Than just being in my feelings, so I was. And I fucking just ran with drugs and alcohol. God. Yeah. So from 14, you were off to the races. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but 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 it was a gradual introduction. Yeah. It was all experiential. It was like really going to, it's like you go to the gym, mm-hmm. you fucking build. You, you didn't just fucking start going to the gym and have fucking 20-inch arms. You no. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it took it's you a while to get those yeah, pythons. Yeah. Same thing with alcohol and drugs, yeah. baby. You got to go and fucking work it I out. say it all the you time. You got to build up, baby. Because there are times... Yeah. Um, because I go to these super secret meetings and sometimes people will say, did you say super secret? Yeah. <laughs> so what's this? The Illuminati of AA. No, like, I get- Alex Jones like, you drink the mad. baby's people, blood people and get you mad. get sobriety for eternal life. People get upset because, you know, they're very stout on their traditions and you're not supposed to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no promotion or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I don't mention yeah, where yeah. I go, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had, I've heard people say, and I'm sure you've heard it too, where they go, oh, I was- an alcoholic from the second the booze touched my lips. And I, for me, in my experience, it was exactly what you're describing, which is like, I didn't do a shot and then I was like, oh, I'm a raging alcoholic. It was a slow, and it's interesting because they talk about it in the book where it's like, you know, like men who've lost their legs, they'll never grow new ones. And you never, I didn't know that point until I had crossed it. And now going back, Thinking about my life, I go, oh, it was the summer I went home from college and I was dating someone long distance and they lived four hours away and I would drink every night to sleep because mm-hmm. I was so anxious about what they yeah. were doing. Yeah. I would have to get blackout drunk every night. This yeah. is the summer I went from 20 to 21. I would have to get blackout drunk every night just to be able to sleep. And I was like, that was the summer because after that summer, I could no longer even sleep without getting drunk. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting where it's like, I, but I had started drinking you know, a few years prior to that. So in your case, you're saying it's a similar situation where you weren't like just like out. You slowly over time started more and more. To acquiesce then, yeah, into the then. training, to build the muscles, yeah. to get into new exercises, yeah. you know? And you know, uh, and I, I want to just go back to something you said. Because I, I think a lot of people who are not in recovery or don't really understand sobriety, they look at uh, on a, a purely symptomatic level of yeah. what we do, whether it's dry goods, wet goods, whatever it is. Mm. And they say, "Oh, well, that's you know," and they don't understand the 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 trauma, the psychological component that you said before early. Hey, before I started alcohol, I was hurting myself. Yeah, I was hurting myself because that's how I check out. I was so for me, what I would do, it was and I noticed I would be like eight nine years old, and also I have to say this too, for me the biggest reason I I can remember my my first big resentment I got when I was eight years old. Okay, 
and it would, and this is what I, and I share this all the time, and I always say this because that is when my alcoholism really started. Yeah, was it at that point, and that was that my father had married my mom, and my brother was about four years old, and my father raised him as his own, mm-hmm. and my brother and I ten years different apart, and I found out that we had. Um, I always used to say, because my brother didn't have the same last name. I said, why isn't Jay, you know, it's always stupid. Like I told you, because how come Jay doesn't have the same last name? Yeah. And they never say anything. And then finally- Because you no, you're a kid, yeah. you don't have any. So, and people would ask too, and it was weird, you know? And then I'd say, and then so finally, he he's going off to college, so I'm eight years old, and right before he goes off to college and leaves, they, he, they tell me, listen, um, we have the same mom, mm-hmm. but we have different dads. Yeah. And and I remember when I went when I found that out, I was like, I was like these fucking like I was like how could they these how could they how could they do that yeah. to me? Yeah. They even lying to me my whole life, yeah. bullshit me, making me look stupid. And then I just felt this this anger, this uh, feeling deceived. And then immediately I I disconnect from my brother because it was a difference. And that was it. That was like my first resentment. And you know what I started doing. And I, I I found this out in therapy too. I put it all together. I that's when I that's when I put started putting on weight. Yeah. Because you know what started I would do? Eating. I was a latchkey kid. Yeah. I was coming home by myself. My brother wasn't there anymore. Nobody was there. Dude, I would fucking take a two liter bottle of classic Coca-Cola. Yeah. Right? With the real sugar. I, I'd go to my mom, the liquor, I would get shot glasses and I would just fill it up and just slam yeah. them down. And I finish a whole bottle of it. And the sitting, and you know what I would do? I would chase it with. I would take a fucking tub of my Betty Crocker frosting, the double Dutch fudge frosting, Shit and here. I'd eat it and then chase it oh with shots of Coca Cola. And I was like, ah! And dude, I fucking that's what happened. I ballooned up. I was over, I ble- I was like over two hundred pounds. I got so fucking fat, dude. I was because I could do whatever I want. I was yeah. unchecked. There's no and, one there. Yeah, and 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 I started doing this after my brother left, and I found this out, and that's when it all drinking is a, so, merely a symptom. So that was one. That's when I realized if I can go back to my addiction behavior, that was when it really. That yeah. was what my first my first symptom, my first chemical, my first uh, uh, alcohol, yeah, weed, cocaine was that. It was it was fucking classic Coca Cola, and fucking it got to the point my mom would have to hide the frosting because every time she go to make cakes the, there would be there's no, no frosting. frosting. I was beside fucking. I'm going through this with someone yeah. in my life right now yeah. where they uh, wanted to they stopped drinking for a while, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because they texted me and they're like, "I'm eating all the sugar I have in my house," yeah. and I go, "Yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's do you know much sugars and alcohol? That's definitely yep. a thing." I wanted to because we got time. You gotta have to come back on. Obviously. Oh, okay. All right. Obviously. All right. All right. Um, I wanted to ask you. You sent me a bunch of stories. Yeah. 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 Um, the one I wanted to ask you about though, because we were talking about gambling and stuff like that. Yeah. You sent me a story about poker. <laughs> so I wanted to ask yeah. you to tell that story, and yeah. then we're gonna get to all these the next yeah, time. Yeah. Come yeah. On. Yeah. So, <laughs> I. So this is the kind of degenerate that I was. <laughs> I love it already. I I, I. I. I didn't. It's not like I was in Atlantic City. You yeah. know. At the Brigada, you know, we're at fucking uh, Las Vegas, at the Bellagio. I was in South Florida 
at piece of shit Indian reservation casinos. The Mick, Hard Rock in Hollywood, Mick, man. Not even that. No. Mick, before that, pre de Mikasuki, baby, in the <laughs> swampland. You have to like drive. You're like driving there, and you're like, this on the way there, you're driving. Like, this is where the people get fed to the gators who don't have the money <laughs> to pay. To pay. Yeah. And this is where this fucking place was. And so, you know, my ism, my addiction was all forms. Mm -hmm. I want to get high. Whether it's gambling, sex, cocaine, weed, alcohol, I want it. Yeah. I want it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Because you're addicted to the way you feel. Give I'm the same me. way. Give yeah, it, let's give go. Give it to me. Let's go. And then I had the gambling gene because I didn't even tell you this. My mother, when I was a kid, she used to let me play the machines. Fuck yeah, let's go. And, gamble. and then she'd say, if you hit Lee, make sure you come and get me or they won't cash us out. <laughs> Dude, I swear. I've never told anybody that. I swear to God. I we swear, only had ten thousand listeners, and I would win. Yeah, and my mom, you'd like, run and go. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. And then I get a little cut. She give me a little cut, a little taste, know, a little taste. Yeah. So we go to. So we used to go and play uh, uh, either tournament style or cash game Texas yeah. Hold'em. And this is when Texas Hold'em started become real popular. Oh yeah, it blew up there for a little so, bit. So so what I would do is we would go out there and we drink all night, and they would give you free drinks while you're there, and then I would. Probably, I was doing coke too, I think, yeah. you know? And I'd stay up, dude. I would stay up like till fucking seven, eight o'clock in the morning playing poker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so a couple of times, if you hit like a, a four of a kind, they give you a voucher for a free room at the hotel. Yeah, it's like a, like right, a pot, right, yeah. Right, so I had accumulated, um, uh, uh, I had a couple of these. Yeah. And, and, and so one day, I'm all fucked up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to use the fucking voucher. Yeah. And, and I had two vouchers. And I noticed that one of the vouchers had expired. Okay. This is how I know that I'm not only an addict, but also a Jew. <laughs> because I took the fucking, I, I forged, I changed the date. <laughs> right? And I was, and now mind you, the, the crazy thing is, I had another one that was not expired. Yeah, you had one. But I was like, nah, I'm gonna keep that for another day. This is how my fucked up drunk mind, you know, and I'm gonna try to get me, I always wanna get one over. Yeah. And I'm gonna get one, and so I give it to the woman. She's saying, sir, this is expired, it's been changed. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's been changed, look at it again, run it again, it's been changed. And I, then I got into that whole self-righteous, do you know how much fucking money yeah. I spend in this place, huh? Do you know how much fucking money and you're gonna treat me like this? Dude, we're on our Indian reservation. Yeah. After about me hooting and hollering, going crazy, and their security, and they wouldn't listen to me, the tribal police cop, like the native, the Mikasuki cop. Yeah. He comes in and he's got this look like, time to slam me a white boy. <laughs> yeah, you and don't dude, around. He like puts me in the fucking choke hold and throws me on the <laughs> ground and i'm still and i'm like this is before like several cameras and i'm like do you see what he's doing to me do you guys see you, do you see know how much money has been yeah, this is a violation of my rights you see what's going on is this america i'm like screaming and yelling oh my god so i go i go to i i spend the night in the drunk tank mm -hmm. at the mikasuki jail and the only reason why he didn't do more to me because there were so many witnesses, like you could tell this guy really wanted to fuck me up. Yeah. But, but you know, my big mouth maybe might have saved me a little bit. Because you got people more. paying attention. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
and, and so I spent a night and I ended up, so I get uh, I get charged with a resisting arrest. Yeah. And then I think because I try to, uh, I struggle with them, like uh, they were saying to say assaulting a, a police officer. Oh I my think. God. So this is what I was really good. Because by the way, I had half a dozen arrests over my tenure, yeah. three DUIs, uh, two resisting arrests, a trespassing, and I would always, it would happen like every three years, and I'd be good for three years, and I'd go in front of the judge, and I'd be like, and I'd fucking make him laugh, and yeah. I'd be charming, I'm like, ah, give this guy the PR bond, let him out of his own personal recognizance, yeah. come on, he's no. ROR, man, yeah. get out of here. So i get up, but I had to go to anger management, Okay, and that was the condition, and I had to do it for like six months. Jesus. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the thing is, it's like, it's such stupid shit. It was like, I, I, I always happened because I fucking want to pass off a yeah. voucher that had expired, and 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 I had one. I mean, this is the insanity. Yeah, it's, it's nuts in your mind. And so that you know that that happened. Um, also, when I was down in Miami, um, I didn't bring it up it's that Miami. I went to I I, I got into ecstasy. This my friend, who was the bartender at the Red Lobster, I was working. <laughs> That's hey, it's the setup. Um, it's like Monday night, all you can eat crab legs. Friday, all you can take ecstasy. Um, no, but he sold E. So I went to Atlantic Music Conference. Yeah. I got into EDM. I was never in EDM, and it was big down there. And I, now, now this is so. This is for, for. I want to preface this. I'm a fucking idiot. Okay. And when I'm on drugs now, I call I'm exponentially more stupid and egotistical. Yeah. So instead of doing things like sane the first time, what do I do the first time I take X? I quadruple stack. I take two hits, and then an hour, two hours later, I take another two. God, get out of here, man. So I remember, like, you think of, like, I'm thinking XT dance. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to make out with girls. There's going to be sex. Oh, man, everything's going. Do you know what? The highlight of my evening was that I just what became obsessed with. This is what I zeroed in on. What my laser was on my ecstasy experience. What was it? Smoking Newports. Oh God, dude! I just smoked Newports. Dude, I smoked like thirty-seven Newports. Jesus Christ! And I swear to God, like uh, my friend was in the car, I'm smoking them, and I was smoking them so fast. Like he, like he's like, I was like, yeah. I said, let me have another cigarette. We have a, he said, he said, oh, there's no more left. I said, what are you talking about? We just got a whole pack. I said, yeah, dude, you just you smoked them all. You just smoked 10 cigarettes in five minutes. Like, dude. and I just remember feeling the, the mint, the minty fresh menthol yeah. going in. And it was like, I could feel my lungs like butter. They were like butterflies slapping their wings. Like, I, maybe I need to do X when I smoke and, my and, and it was just like, and it's like my whole body was like one within inhalation and exhalation <laughs> of menthol cigarettes and i was literally having an orgasm smoking menthol cigarettes it was just like I that's was the place we're gonna have to leave it i was obsessed <laughs> with that plug everything one more time right, plug your right, shows right, right. everything uh so i i run another uh another i run a weekly uh, sober mic called on the wagon uh, it's from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, I do it with Naomi Eden and Danny Fallon it's at um 167 avenue b uh Hecate. It's a sober dive bar. It's a really dope place. I also have a monthly show called, um, I co-produce with Stephen Nabb and Danny Fallon called um, Midweek Crisis Comedy. The next one will be August 30th, uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m. at St. Mark's Comedy Club. It's a speakeasy. It's dope. It's in the back uh, of, a, of, a, of an old restaurant. It's at 12 St. Mark's Place. Um, and I'm also... Um, 
been uh, uh, helping produce and co-direct, and I have my aunt starring um, first on-camera role in a web series by the brilliant Claire Marie Torn called Rent Control. Uh, so go to Rent Control, the series, uh, you could on YouTube, and also Rent Control, uh, the series on Instagram. You can follow it. Uh, second season is going to wrap production um, in September, and will hopefully be out before the end of the year. That's awesome. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram, at Lee Paul Comic Rockstar. And thank you so much. Thank you for, for coming on. Me, brother. Thank you, everybody, it. so much for listening. At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one-man show, X Drinking Buddy, on Patreon, and we'll talk to you all next week. Boom. Oh.